Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. Here at Midnight Menu Plus One, we meet each week with a member of the, of the New Orleans restaurant and food community. We ask them to bring along a special guest, a plus one. We never know who the plus one's going to be. Could be just about anyone. And we'll find out in just a moment. But before we do that, we need to talk about the um, new developments in Midnight Menu Plus One. Pretty exciting, Margot? Yes. Every Monday night. 7.30 to 9 p.m. is High Night, Hospitality Industry Night at Thrive. We're here at Grill on the Hill now on Magazine Street next to Monkey Hill Bar, just right by uh, Henry Clay. Come on down next Monday for High Night at Thrive. Grab a drink from Monkey Hill and get half off of healthier food from Thrive. Very excited about this new development. And we have other things going on too, don't we, Margot? Yes, tonight we're going to be giving away two tickets to a special event. So the Pussyfooters are having their blush ball, right? Party with a purpose. Uh, this Saturday, January 18th at the Cannery, it helps raise money for the Metro Center for Women and Children. Uh, they try to break the cycle of domestic violence, and we'll tell you later on the show how you can get free tickets to, um, to participate with them in this. Excellent. Well, Margo, yeah. Excellent. I'm excited about it. All right, Margo, I don't want to wait any longer. Uh, we have Aaron Vogel on. I'm so excited. I've been, I've been excited since we scheduled him. District Donuts, welcome. Well, thank you. Good, Good to, to have here. you here. Yeah, appreciate y'all having me. Thanks so, for joining us. Yeah, so tell us about District Donuts and Sliders. sliders. What a uh, great concept. That you're, you're the only donut and slider place in New Orleans, in the southeast, in America? Uh, I don't know. The Western uh, in, Hemisphere? Yeah, maybe so. South of the Mason-Dixon line? I don't know. Um, we, uh, we just started out saying... Um, let's let's allow our our uh, establishment to dictate what concept we'd bring to the table, uh-huh. and so we were just uh, acutely looking for space, and we found Magazine and Jackson, and uh, one of the concepts that we had, we said, man, what would add a great amount of value to the neighborhood? Uh, what what's not here presently? What would really entice people to you know want to want to work here want to live here want to visit here and uh craft donuts was one of them all right and uh coffee of course goes extremely well with with donuts we wanted to do specialty donuts that we made from scratch all day through the day um not just once off and fry them and run out but rather you know roughly every hour consistently making small batches and certain amount of dozens you know depending on par levels for the day really yeah so yeah. what's so what's this what's the oldest donut I'm going to get if I go in, if I hit you at the worst possible moment? Yeah, how old well, can your at the end be? of the night, you know, we're okay with running out of some donuts, right? And so, so um, six hours, five hours? No, how no, old can never, your donut never. Be? Um, we're happy with it around an hour. Um, really? Yeah. If we're unhappy, if it's a couple hours for sure. And so you're telling me I can be confident if I go in there that if I get a donut, it's not going to be more than an hour to two hours old. You think? Yeah. Yeah. We, wow. What we do, we keep all the older stuff in the case, looking pretty. We never right. have to touch it, so it doesn't get messed up. And and all the stuff in the back on the you know on the speed rack right. uh, will consistently come out from the bakery. We have people working from 4 a.m. until about midnight in the bakery all day every day. So it just it's nonstop. They're constantly prepping and frying off more. Uh, more donuts and making them fresh from scratch. Now the bakery's in the in the facility there. It is, yeah. Okay. It's in the very back. So the front is our coffee area, of course, and the cashier, and then the middle is where we do sliders, and then the back side is is where all the magic happens. And so uh, we, you know, all the creams, glazes, fillings, sprinkles, dough, everything we make from scratch back there throughout the day. Um, when you say we, I would like to know a little bit about your background. So who? besides you was involved with the concept and opening yeah of the um, business. Uh, Chris Audler is uh, one of the three partners he and I worked together previously and uh, we just spent really it was about two and a half years uh, together just talking through man what if and uh, just what you do previously together yeah I was prior prior to this at New Orleans hamburger and seafood company oh, okay. um, we worked with the corporate office over there for several years together um, prior to that, um, Houston's restaurant, we b- both worked there for a few years. And, and, and intermittently, I was also uh, a pastor at a local church for uh-huh. several years out of the restaurant industry into pastoral and then uh, back into restaurant. Um, so anyway, we, we just super patient through the whole process and said, man, we, we love our jobs. We love what we do. Um, very content, very happy uh, with a growing company. So learning a ton the whole time. And uh, really a great opportunity for us. And so we just said, let's be patient and uh, let's talk about a bunch of options. And so that's where we just kind of gathered a few concepts and said, 
again, let's just let the space dictate to us which of these really, really fits the best inside of it. Mm. Um, so that process, we have no expertise in donuts. Our background uh, is really in food. And so sliders for us was just very, very easy and, and is mm. part of what we do. And keeping a restaurant clean and moving and going is uh, interacting with gas. That's just for us is what we've been doing for, since mm. we were out of high school. Um, we we're super fortunate to stumble upon uh, Liz Hollinger, who is our pastry chef. And uh, Liz was uh, working in Lakeview at a, uh, at a cafe. And uh, since is, that Which cafe one? is closed, uh, Gingerbread Cafe on Harrison Avenue. Oh, okay. And really, the way it happened, Chris and I were sitting in the restaurant uh, or in the cafe talking about potential concepts and saw Liz just strolling around and interacting with guests and just blew me away. And I said, man, that right there someone who's got a profession really knows what she's doing because she's it was very impressive her, her set and what she was making but then who also really seemed to love what she was doing and interacting with guests I mean putting her arms around people and saying hi and just a great connection you saw yeah. what was in her was definitely what we wanted to be about in in our space and so we just approached her and said, hey, would you be interested in helping us do some R&D? We were not trying to recruit her. We didn't know that the, eventually that cafe would shut down. And just super generous, uh, she said, yeah, I'd love to. And so we started going to her house. We spent months with her um, on her downtime and on our downtime. And we went, we went through about 30 base donuts. We didn't glaze or sugar anything until we got through about our 30th. And we finally said, that's the donut right there. Um, so if it hadn't been for her... I don't know where we'd be. We might be District Sliders Brew right now. <laughs> um, but fortunately, we met her, and she's just been a huge asset. Through the process, of course, she, it was abundantly clear, it seemed to both parties, that this would have been a great working relationship. And so we said, hey, would you like to come on board and be a part of the team full time? And, and you know, she, of course, huh. said, yeah. So. And you found a great spot. I mean, to me, you know, I'm a, I live on Magazine Street. I'm also on Magazine Street. I'm fanatic for it. And of all the places on Magazine Street, that's one of my favorite spots. That may be my favorite block in a way. Yeah. Uh, truck stop that used to be there before you. I used to shop there about once a week. I love that. It was my favorite place to shop for clothes and great. browse in. But also the flag shop on the end there. And Stein's in between you is, you know, probably the best New York-style deli. Uh, most authentic one yeah, in, in, in uh, New Orleans. Absolutely. and Yeah, it's just great to be on that block right there and just right at the cusp of all the other stuff that comes right after Jackson. Right. Um, so were you looking for like Lower Garden District or you Magazine know, Street or whatever? Yeah, we weren't. Sort of um, we, saw, we saw a sign and uh, we were constantly looking for signs and uh, physical signs that is in all parts of the city and we found that one and when we saw the inside, it was just kind of one of those, you know, you met your wife right there and you know this is right and so um that's her over there to my right um so you know it's right and so we got we just saw not ju it wasn't just potential as you know that's the brick walls what it was truck stop before right. the floors cement floors just just screamed wow this is new orleans this just feels like you could come in here and and create something great and and obviously ambiance and atmosphere is a huge part of dining and we thought that it had it it's very raw uh, state when we found it. And it was vacant when you when you uh, got it because the truck stop moved out because the landlord was doing all that work on it, was having some structural issues or whatever. And yeah, lots of... That all got fixed up. Yeah, lots of issues, or I shouldn't say issues, lots of uh, touch-ups, I guess, from what I gather <laughs> in the front. They uh, yeah, just yeah. really put it back together nicely. And how'd y'all... Um, who helped with the build-out and the concept of the atmosphere was yeah. that y'all's so uh actually when i was or? a pastor um there was a guy in the youth group and he was just a teenager and he and i would work on uh different projects together for uh conferences and stuff like that and just you know he was 15 16 years old went to noca here but lived out in saint james parish and uh so we had some good work uh relationship just for fun on the side and so i said hey man would you be interested in doing our sign for us because he's uh, extremely talented with uh, carving things with a knife. And so our sign out front was just handcrafted by him. I mean, every, you know, just to the T and it came out so nicely. I said, Hey man, I know you've never done this before, but can you build the whole place for us? <laughs> and because it was, a, it was a shell. It was nothing in it, right? And, and how so old we, is he at this point? Uh, he's 23 now. Oh, okay. And uh, he'd never done anything like I'm it. I'm picturing his, he's like still 16. I'm going, no, wow, yeah. that's really, that's trusting. Yeah. Right, right. Like that, even <laughs> the, I noticed the benches. You have to pick them up and drive them there. Right. Yeah. The design of the, the, the booths that right. you sit at, it's creative, but it's nice craftsmanship yeah. and um, 
I, I mean, I really notice stuff like that. M- everybody may not walk into a place and be like, oh, that's, I like the way that's designed. But people instantly can feel comfortable or not. And you, you, you feel very welcomed. F- and aesthetically, it's just... Yeah. Uh, so one of our, one of our uh, talking points in the beginning was we really want to make people feel a certain way. And uh, the brick walls really helped that, of course, from the, from the jump. Um, but we wanted people to feel like they were welcome and mm-hmm. that they could stay and that they could just be here. And Softwood does that. And uh, we wanted this farmhouse industrial contrast going on, too, where if people looked kind of eye level or head level, they would see this very farmhouse feel. But if you look up, we have an exposed hood system that's very big and and all of the conduit is exposed running down the wall and the, all the AC ducts, we didn't paint those. We wanted it to feel, okay, there's a different thing going on in different parts of this restaurant. Um, but ultimately we want we built booths big enough for six. Um, so we three on each side, which again, we wanted people to feel like they could spread out and stretch a little bit and just enjoy themselves. So yeah, the, we, Sam, his name's Sam Ray. He just a ton of pride and, and, uh, he did an excellent job just building everything, uh, on site for several months. Beautiful. I have one, one question too. Brews. Now I went in with my seven year old and we had, um, chocolate milk out of the tap mm-hmm. and fresh milk. <laughs> yeah. And it was delicious. You have chocolate milk on tap? Yes. Yeah, man. Isn't that crazy? I, I, so I want to hear. Does anyone else have that? I, I don't I know. When I, you say brews, yeah. I mean, I was not. Yeah, everyone thinks beer. Um, so brew, you know, for coffee, uh, that was our goal. We wanted to um, really focus on a specialty coffee, which we do, and really serve something that's that's really um, not just a uh, simple cup of coffee. And so we said, if we call it coffee, it'll just be coffee, but something different. Could also draw, draw this, oh, well, maybe there's beer. And we really wanted to accentuate the fact that we were BYOB. Uh-huh. We wanted to accentuate the fact uh, that next door is one of the most, if not the most respected uh, craft beer places right. in the city. And so we didn't want to come in and add more value to something that was already clearly there, but rather accentuate it. Um, so yeah, we originally, one of the very first things we talked about, about donuts was, dude, would it be killer if we can make our own chocolate milk and pour it out of a tap system? I mean, I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed like it made sense. Uh, it's something I wanted to do when I was nine years old. I didn't know it though, you know, so, and I have kids. So does it look like a beer tap? Yeah. Everyone comes in and says, you know, people come straight up to the tap system. How have I missed this? This is amazing. Yeah. And they say, Hey, I'll have a uh, Bud Light. I'm like, dude, you have to go next door to grab that, (laughs) but I can serve you chocolate milk if you want. Uh, nice. So, and we, we do cold brew, cold brew coffee there. We do our nitro cold brew coffee. We serve iced tea, water, um, whole milk, and then our homemade chocolate milk can, all on tap. What, can you expand on nitro? Because that's kind mm. of unique. For, yeah. um, uh, we're definitely not the first people to do it. Um, I, maybe the first people in the city, um, but mm. definitely not in the coffee industry. And uh, we just wanted to really kind of do something fresh, do something different with coffee. Uh, it pours much like a Guinness, uh, cascades as you pour it, it's got CO2 running through it. And so it's, it's got, uh, you know, forms a little one inch head at the top. And so people drink it without a lid, without a straw, without cream, without sugar. And it feels like they're drinking a beer. And that comment has come many, many times. That was our goal. You know, we, we have a bar, we don't serve beer. Let's serve something that kind of feels like a beer at a bar. Mm. Um, that makes maybe a 14 year old feel a little cooler (laughs) than what he actually is. Right. Um, so nitro cold brew has been a a great item for us. People have, have taken to it. People who drink a lot of cream and sugar in their coffee oftentimes get none. Um, and they say it's, it's got a much smoother finish and a little bit more palatable. Oh yeah. How many months in are you now? Three months. So in three months, you've, you've introduced all these revolutions to the city, right, that are all going to be imitated. It's amazing. Now, you're a religious guy. I know that. Yeah. Um, I, I am, too, a little bit. So, uh, you know, I, you'll, maybe you'll appreciate this. I predicted on the show, I had a prophecy. I predicted there was going to be a donut revolution. Okay. And our producer, Grant, mocked me and belittled me and <laughs> abused me for months about this. But it was after we had <laughs> Upper Nine Donuts in here, Michael Caine okay. and all that, which are great donuts. And I said, this is what's going to happen next. I've seen a pattern. New Orleans never had any hamburgers until a few years ago. Now it's got great hamburgers. There are a lot of American staples that New Orleans has shunned, and now since the storm is, is embracing. And I knew it was coming. I didn't know it was going to be you, but I knew it was coming. I, I was positive of it. And then, then I had your Vietnamese coffee donut, and I knew it had been fulfilled. That it was happened. Like, yeah, it changed me for the rest of my life. I'll never be the same again. It's really it's so I need to stick around this guy because <laughs> what he says comes true. <laughs> nice. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, you really did take it up a notch. And I think, you know, Blue Dot and these other ones that are uh, emerging, they were before you, I know, too, but uh, expanding now as well. Yeah. But uh, I think I think we're going to see this going to be a decent donut town now. And, yeah. But, uh, you, guys, been, you guys, you guys are the fun. tipping point, I think. It's been fun. It's just, yeah. you know, what what do we like uh, as a food product, as a beverage? Um, why not put it in a donut? Right. Um, and that's really the approach that we take on a daily basis. There's constantly things being created. We usually change around four or five of them per day. And Liz is definitely the brainstorm behind that, but it's just what's tasty. And uh, mm. Chris loves Vietnamese iced coffee, so we said maybe you could do that inside of a donut. That's the best donut I ever had in my life. I think I really I love that donut so much. That's awesome. But every time I've been like four times, and every time I've been to your place, uh, you've had different things. You've had at least one that you didn't have before. Right. Yeah. Really neat. Is it time for our, for your plus one? Why don't you introduce him to us? Okay. So this is uh, Ben McLeish, as he's strolling on over. Um, Ben McLeish, uh, I met about a year ago, and uh, and it was a, a, a great connection that we, uh, my wife and I, actually sought out together just to, as we we're coming back to the city, we lived in St. John Parish for several years, and I'm, I'm born and raised in Metairie, um, but we're just trying to get connected to people inside of the city and understand what's going on in it, and uh, we didn't know Ben, we didn't know any of Ben's circle of influence or anyone around him, but we... Uh, through the internet, which is uh, a nice deal, we came to to find uh, Ben. So we just spent some time with him, and he really had a profound impact on me uh, in terms of what he's doing, why he came to the city, um, and his love for it. Not being from here, I will tell all of you if you want to escape the podcast or the room now, he is a Bulldogs fan from Georgia. <laughs> um, so we did have one disagreement, but for the most part, we get along well. And uh, so anyway, I just thought he would be interesting because one of the things. Uh, that we really wanted to do and we wanted to use business really only as a means to do what we wanted to do inside of the city in terms of really adding value to it and making a difference, making an impact. We have a lot of vision for some different things, uh, but he represents well the same reasons and, and whys that he's around here in this city and what he wants to do. So I thought uh, he would be just a, a great person to, to have oh. on. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks. Interestingly, I, I've known Ben since about the second day I got to New Orleans or something. Yeah. I think I think I met you January of 06. Yeah. So, uh, How did yeah. y'all meet? Ben uh, joined our church. And boy, this is like a very religious program yeah, today. What's going on? Is <laughs> we're, we're ganging up on you, Margo. No, no. <laughs> I want to hear more. Like, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. But uh, So I was going to ask you to introduce yourself, but I don't know how you're going to do that. You're, you're one of these Renaissance people that has, uh, it depends on what you focus on. Yeah. He's got about 40 different hats he wears. But um, So I've never yeah. met you, but can you... Tell me in one sentence, or a no. few, a few. Okay, <laughs> what what uh, what you're passionate about and why you're here yeah. in New Orleans, not on our yeah. show. Um, you know, I think New Orleans uh, uh, sort of like the uh, just called me here. You know, I mean, it was one of these things where it was inescapable, uh, and I found myself here. And once I found myself here, I found myself in love with her, um, and. Uh, no turning back, you know, and the most panic I have is when a hurricane comes thinking if it gets wiped out, where would I live? Yeah. I just have a panic attack about yeah. not whether my house floods or not whether right. it's where would I live if, if it wasn't New Orleans. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's a city people love or hate and I love her um, and I love my neighborhood um, and I love my neighbors and the people there. And so I just feel like uh, it's just this huge privilege to be able to live here and do what I get to do and. It's like a, if you ever dream of like, what's my dream job? And I get, and I get to do it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing. Great. So. Wonderful. We're, we're, uh, New Orleans is blessed to have passionate people like everyone sitting at this table. Mm. I'm, grew up here and I'm grateful to, uh, to know that y'all, y'all have come here and chosen to make it your home and a better, a better place and give to the city. So what are you, um, what are some of the projects you're working on currently? Yeah, like um, there's a few projects we're working on right now. Um, one, we helped uh, launch a charter school in our neighborhood uh, mm. called the Homer Plessy Community School. And so it's a, right now pre-K through second. We'll build to eighth grade. And so that's been quite a venture. I serve as a board president and uh, been quite a three years in the making, three or four years in the making. And now we finally launched this this past year. So doing that. Um, helped seven years ago launch a church in our neighborhood that was focused, uh, live in the St. Rock neighborhood. Uh, and so our first event as a, a church, we had a murder happen in front of us. Um, and that was sort of our <sighs> initiation mm -hmm. into, the, into the neighborhood. Um, 
And uh, then I helped start a, a nonprofit called St. Rock CDC, and we do affordable housing and job training and small business development and um, things like that. Uh, so those are some of the things that we're going to launch a thrift store this summer to help try to make our venture a little more self-sustaining uh, to help fund our development corporation as we do jobs training and small business development, financial literacy, things like that. So, Wow, that's a lot. A lot of uh, yeah, he's just he's just he's just skimming the surface too. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about the St. Rock Market um, yeah. uh, on the show about two weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, I know you're heavily involved in yeah, that as it's, well. It's a hot topic right now. Yeah. You know, several years ago, when St. Rock wasn't the next new cool neighborhood to move into, when it was the hood, uh, myself and a few others went down and said, "You, city of New Orleans, you're going to invest in our neighborhood. You're going to bring this market back." And now, finally, it's nearing completion, and we're figuring out what's going to go in there. And so there's been a little bit of controversy, so trying to help na navigate those waters and try to be a peacemaker in the midst of that. Uh, but hopefully we'll have a great vendor there soon and uh, be another shining star for the St. Rock neighborhood. Ben, tell us just a little bit about the history of the St. Rock market. It's It's been, Man, what, it's, 120 years or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's one of the oldest markets in the city, probably, yeah. probably in the nation. And yeah. uh it was uh, in, in its last, right before the storm, it was sort of only like a third occupied, and it was a little po'boy shop. You could get some fresh fish there, but really what it's remembered for was when the llamas ran it uh, after it was just a city market, and there was a family from the neighborhood. They ran it, and uh, you could get nutria there. You could get turtle there. You could get whatever there, and now there's a lot of people wanting it to be back what it was when they were children, this really great seafood market with you exotic meats and things like right that. Right on St. Claude. Right like on St. Right Claude, right across real the visible, Healing Center, right, right there. Yeah, they did, a, uh, I guess, a $3.7 million renovation on it, and uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's historic to the T, beautiful renovation. So we'll wait and see who the city pops in there. So, yeah. So, wait, I want to get back. to When you said you all met on the Internet, I mean, yeah. I hate to be s sassy, but it sounds like Match.com. Yeah, something. that's like, what it was. was. No. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> Isn't that how every relationship <laughs> begins <laughs> now? How, wh how did that occur? Yeah, I mean, just searching um, online to see what's going on in the city in regards to some local churches and, um, and stumbled across St. Rock. And uh, that, was, that was basically it. And so we pursued just a couple conversations with people in person, um, met, met in his office. Uh, you're probably wondering why we're meeting with you. But um, just to really honestly, just to get to know the city and, and people who are making a difference, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? What kind of people are in the city doing things like this? And so just simple as that. Nice. Mm -hmm. Now, what is your background that uh, inspired you to, besides come to the city and fall in love with it, yeah. the, a lot of those things take more than chutzpah to yeah. just to make happen do you have a background in in nonprofits or yeah. business or yeah um as you mentioned i'm a bulldog and i went i, went, I got my undergrad and graduate degree there so i have an undergrad in social work and a, a master's in nonprofit management okay. from the university of georgia and when i was there i, I became a christian uh, when i was at school and uh, this guy who started desire street ministries which is in the ninth ward he came and spoke at the church that i was at and i was like hey that's what i want to do it was a sophomore in college, and I was like, "That's that sounds about right." Um, and so, after I finished graduate school, I came and moved moved here to the uh, to the city. Uh, I was living in the ninth ward, working for Desire Street, and then the storm hit, and you know, it all goes from there. But yeah, that that really—I mean, honestly, it was—you know—I <clears throat> probably could say that I came like to to help serve the city and do all these great things, but really, I'm the one that's benefited the most from being here. Uh, That's—I mean, just the truth. I mean, God is God, and this has used a city and my neighbors and people of, of low means to just transform my life, and mm. I'm just, it's just something that I'm, you know, eternally grateful for. Um, I. I've yeah I've just learned so much about my own dysfunction and my own issues mm -hmm. by living here and it's just been a really gracious place to work those things out uh, so yeah hmm. while we're all choked up maybe this is a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time to interrupt and uh and uh make a few announcements again as we've been asked to do yeah so um Again, Monday night is High Night at Thrive. High Night is Hospitality Industry Night. 50% off, 50% discount for anyone who is in the hospitality industry. So if you are a restaurant valet, parker, an executive chef, a tour guide, a bartender, a waitress, you can come here, uh, enjoy us as we tape our show, and uh, enjoy some food at a 50% discount. We're at Grill on the Hill now on Magazine Street next to Monkey Hill Bar, just past... 
uh, Henry Clay in Uptown. So come on down Monday nights for High Night at Thrive and grab a drink from Monkey Hill and get off to a healthier start for your week. And also How, now, what? Yeah, we need, aren't we going to give away some fabulous tickets? To we are giving we away tickets to one of the great events every year of, uh, of the New Orleans social scene, and that is the Pussyfooter Blush Ball. And we have two free tickets for the first person who hears this and goes to our show's Midnight Menu Plus One website. That's at itsneworleans.com. Itsneworleans.com. And you email us, and the first person who does that will get two free tickets. But if you're not so lucky, there are additional tickets available for purchase at the Pussyfooter website, which I believe is pussyfooters.com, and also at the door. Okay, great. All right. We have donuts, don't we? Wow, I was so hoping you'd bring donuts. Oh, oh man. Oh, that's great. What are these beautiful? I feel sorry for anybody that's not at this table right now. Yeah, it's too bad this is on radio. Now. <laughs> 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 on Smell-o-vision or something. Yeah, taste-o-vision. So we have a, uh, a variety here, what we call our uh, simple, fancy, and then we ran out of adjectives, so we called it extra fancy donuts. <laughs> um, so simple tonight, we have the uh, glazed donut. So... Uh, just very basic. And uh, for our fancy, we're doing a uh, passion fruit with raspberry uh, powder sh- right here on top. And then also a little, uh, little sprinkle of raspberry sauce as well. And then uh, Boston cream would be our extra fancy. And Vietnamese iced coffee donut oh, you did would also it. be our extra fancy for tonight. Margo, I'm going to warn you, if you eat that donut, you'll never be the same again. So you're crossing a okay. threshold. You're crossing the Rubicon if you, if you go to this. <laughs> yeah. There's no turning back. You'll, it'll change you forever. Your life will never be the same. So pause and think about it, whether you're prepared for that donut. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Vietnamese iced coffee is a condensed milk pastry cream with black tapioca pearls inside, a coffee glaze. It's and like a then, bubble tea Vietnamese yeah, style. Yeah, style. and then some candy chicory powder on top. Wow. So super delicious. Genius, um, genius, genius. <laughs> so we're going to do some tastings right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I cannot... Look at these and not eat. Well, we'll, yeah. I'm we'll gaining weight already just I'm, looking I'm at them. Yeah. No, in, in, <laughs> sure. yeah, incidentally, all of our donuts are calorie-free. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and, uh, and so they'll be... Atkins uh, approved. Yeah, they're, they're actually healthy for you. So we're cutting them. High Go ahead, uh, dive in. Wow. Well, honestly, this these are my um, second experience today eating your product. Is that right? And, wow. Yes. Did you have a donut earlier? Yes. Okay. We should make that a habit. Go to, go to this place <laughs> twice, twice a day, day every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See what happens. <laughs> and I had, um, oh, the texture is lovely, too. So fantastic. Oh, I hate glazed donuts plain, in general, by the way. The I plain glaze. That's really good. Yeah, it's it's much more than a glazed donut. Yeah, don't think Dunkin' Donuts and, and Krispy Kreme here. This um, is like a real donut. Don't you do with this donut some kind of sandwich, too? Yeah, we do. Donut? We call it a croaknut. And uh, croquenut, we do okay, <laughs> which is super delicious. A uh, Monsieur style, a Monty style, and then a Lena Ruse. The Monsieur and the Monty are a uh, a Newski ham base with uh, Dijon mustard. Mm. We're doing Havarti cheese right now. One of those gets a raspberry preserve and powdered sugar. The other gets a bechamel. And the Lena Ruse is a guava cream cheese uh, with turkey as the protein, and uh, pickled red onions, and also some. Uh, Diced up Granny Smith apples. That's what we. How was that? that? Fantastic. This is as good as it sounds. Yes, and you know it's a lot of f- things to try. If you you know it it's it was divine. Wow. We all we um we got that one, and um the one with um the turkey and did you say bechamel? No, no. Uh, the ham with the bechamel is yeah. the uh, yeah that's the monster style. And we also got three donuts okay. and milk, and it was all—it was all it under twenty milk, bucks. And the milk tastes great. It on was tap, enough food for two days worth <laughs> of, and it was so reasonable and delicious. I'm very excited. So, and then the, uh, we have the uh, Boston cream here, and uh, we also do a Nola cream, which we we didn't have today, or I would have brought, and that's just our spin on it. It's a rum infused pastry cream, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, the Vietnamese iced coffee donut. We, we, I did not have a chance to taste it, but we also got the sriracha. Sira- yeah, maple sriracha with candy thyme. Yeah, so that's 
Um, yeah, we're running into a meltdown now because they're shutting the Sriracha factories down yeah. over on the West Coast. NIMBYs. Yeah. They're destroying that? New Orleans and they're destroying Sriracha too. You can't, you're not going to have any hot sauce left in the country because of, you know, three people don't, don't like the awesome smell coming out of the plant. Right. Ben knows this. NIMBYs no. are the, are the end of the world. Do you talk about yeah. that at church? You have not. Well, we don't go to the same church anymore, oh. but... Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, all the time. Yeah, I mean, really? uh, yeah. Jesus cares about cities, and he yeah. cares about New Orleans. I think a lot more than most cities. And, <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and NIMBYs are, are the opposite of what the Bible says about community. They're all about the individual. It's like I don't care. I, I'm gonna. I don't want this school here. This awesome A plus school because for five minutes a day, I may have a little bit of trouble getting out of my driveway. So therefore, screw the whole city. We don't want our kids to get educated because I don't want my I don't want my parking spot uh, being disturbed. My public spot parking spot five minutes a day, you know. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, you run into that even in St. Rock, right? Oh yeah. Well, especially now St. Rock's beginning to change a little bit. Property values going up. Yeah, folks move in. And a lot of that NIMBY begins to happen. Yep. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Not in, in my backyard. Not in my yeah. backyard. For example, okay. when I was president neighbor association. Uh, I voted in favor Are of this place coming. Trouble? I'm, I'm going to get already. I'm gonna, I know. Thanks for saving me. Out. I know. Then I go back to Chris after the show. I go, can we cut that part out? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Let me just say this. Yeah. I voted for a restaurant coming two doors down for me while there were other neighbors that were just going insane because it wasn't anything about the restaurant. It's just that it was a restaurant. You know, they didn't want a restaurant to two. It's like, why do you live on magazine street? Then you weirdo. What's, what's, what's the matter with you? <laughs> All right. Now I'm in trouble. I, I was, I was okay till that last <laughs> yeah, sentence. You just, you just crossed now the threshold. Just, yeah. All right. <laughs> But um, anyway, how do we go from, like, the glories of this donut to all this nastiness? That was really... Look, um, I don't drink coffee, so I'm going to have to try the nitro coffee to, yeah. to experience it. But that's great. It doesn't... It's not overwhelmingly mm. coffee. Right. Mm. I think the chicory and the... What is this white in the... Um, that's the condensed milk pastry condensed cream milk. and then okay. black tapioca pearls. The tapioca pearl. Yeah. Beautiful. What is turn change? Okay. Um, turn change is our LLC and, oh. uh, and just stands for Turn Profits, Change Lives. And so really, again, uh, um, just getting back to the why uh, of what we do and uh, has a lot, a lot less to do with great donuts, great sliders, great coffee, and a whole lot more to do with uh, making an impact in the neighborhoods that we live in and, and uh you know, if, if we're fortunate enough to expand and how we can bring that value to where we go. So uh, our, our original uh, approach here was, hey, man, if you could do with profits, whatever you, you wanted to do with profits, what would you do with it? And we sat on that for a long time and just um, internally really work through that. And because this country is such that it allows you to, to be profitable and if, if, you're, if you work hard and you have a great concept or you have a great idea and people take to it, um, the truth is you can make money. And what do you do with that money was really what we were talking about. And uh, so it had a, we could come up with concepts. We felt, we felt good about being able to bring something to the table, but we wanted the why to be the most important thing for us. And so we came down with the idea that our profit would really be uh, – the purpose of it would just be to change lives. And so we kind of categorize that real simply. We don't have a mission statement, but we just, uh, we, we talk about family, friends, neighborhood, and nations. And uh, just simply, if, if, uh, if my wife and kids at home, if our family in terms of turn change is not about our personal family, but just as an example, if I work, work my guts out and uh, I slave away for 100 hours a week and I don't know my family and they don't know me, what's the point? Um, and so for us, we say anyone behind that bar, uh, they're our family. And so we've got to make sure that we all buy into each other and we find ways to profit one another. Uh, we find ways to keep it rather than a dysfunctional family. We're constantly looking to make it a healthy environment to work. Um, probably all of us at the table know what it's like to be inside of healthy and unhealthy relationships, uh, healthy and un unhealthy workspaces. And there's there's nothing worse than being in an environment that you would deem unhealthy and having to go back to it every single day. 
And the restaurant industry, um, if, if you know anything about it, people just turn and burn inside of the restaurant industry. And maybe they can make a quarter more somewhere else. Maybe they can make a dollar more somewhere else. Uh, maybe they just got yelled at. They got cursed out. And so our vision was, dude, how do we find ways to make this environment profitable for people, not just financially, but truly holistically? Uh, when they come and they're a part of it, they want to come back to work. For some people, we wanted work to be a shelter. Uh, we wanted it to be the kind of place where when they went home, it might have been rough, uh, but they came here and they were made a little bit more human, a little bit more connected with what life is supposed to be about. Um, so that was our first approach, family, uh, friends. Uh, we don't call them customers. We don't call them uh, guests. We try to say, these are our friends. Um, you know, I've, I've seen people come into our restaurant and I try to smile every single time. And we tell our family, man, this, this place is a safe place for a lot of people. There's a seven-year-old kid who's starting a tradition with his dad and they come every single Saturday morning and they've been doing it for three months maybe and they're gonna do it for the next three years and we need to find a way to let them know that this is our home. And so by well-lit uh, well establishment, by clean floors, by food that's con consistently sanitary and served with excellence, uh, with constant smiles, we wanted to have a place where it wasn't just, hey, you give me something, I give you something back, very disconnected, but we wanted it to be a space that was very personal. Um, so we thought we could add profit to friends uh, in that they came in and they felt recognized, they felt appreciated, they didn't feel like they were just someone to make me more profitable, but rather that they were value, valued as well. Um, neighborhood, uh, anyone knows that if a good business comes to town, the neighborhood is excited. And if a bad business comes to town, the neighborhood is bummed. And uh, we wanted to be the kind of place where uh, no one knew us, but six months later or a year later, people were uh, glad and happy that we were there. Um, people wanted to work in the Garden District, maybe a little bit more than they did before. Uh, people wanted to dine. People wanted to live. And we're just a part of it. You know, there's a lot, as you suggested earlier, that part of Magazine, Jackson, that whole area, there's a lot happening. We're not the, the cornerstone of it by any means, but we can add value to make that neighborhood a little bit more profitable for all who live, for all who dine, for all who visit. So we're constantly looking for ways to do that. And then lastly, nations, which is not necessarily something uh, across uh, an ocean or something like that, but, but rather uh, people we've kind of talked about as being third parties. Um, if you and I, if, if you give me a dollar and I give you a donut, that's what we call in business a win-win, right? Uh, you win because you get what you paid for. I win because I made a product and now I get money because you bought that product and we can keep on living life in a, in a, in a forward-moving way. Uh, we wanted to find people who couldn't reciprocate if we added value to them. Uh, we wanted to find a third party that um, really would center us because the truth is if, if we profit our family, i.e. the people who work with us, uh, the friends and the neighborhood, they'll give back, mm -hmm. right? And we'll stay in business. And guess what? I can take care of my wife and four kids and we can maybe buy a bigger house. And so you could say, well, hey, man, that sounds noble, um, but that's going to really serve you well. We needed something because we knew ourselves well to center us and to bring us back to this place of we're here really to serve people. Um, you know, that's my wife and I, we, that's our projection for our lives. I mean, we want to give ourselves to people, not just to find something in return, but to just be an added value to a neighborhood. And so we sought out um, a, a few different opportunities for us to really give profits away. Um, and so we, we networked and found a food truck. And so a food, this food truck that uh, we're working with all of the profits that we're going to um, gain from it, 100% of them, we're going to find ways to work through and give a third party all that money. Um, so, uh, so what's an example? Yeah, of Crossroads party? NOLA is our oh. first venture, and they're a uh, foster care agency in the city. All right. And so once we get that uh, food truck up and running at different events and in the community, um, that's going to be our expression of nations for us and how we can, we can turn profits, but in effect, we're changing lives. And so we believe that uh, the most sustainable type of business is a business that's run with that type of focus. Um, I now am coming out of a, I would say, you know, uh, as a young adult coming out of understanding what happened in 2008 in our economy, I perceive a lot of that as being um, selfish people who wanted to make money uh, at the expense of others not being able to uh, really 
take care of what they needed to take care of after loans were given and mortgages were given. And then a lot of people feel the effects of that when they shouldn't. They, they saw the short-term gain and the long-term loss was for someone else, not for them. And I think business is going in a different direction with, um, with the 20-somethings and 30-somethings in that uh, I'm just a part, but I think we are moving in the direction of finding ways to give uh, profit to change lives. And so that's our goal and, and, uh, yeah. in the city. Aaron, that is so interesting because, I mean, we have a lot of guests on, and I think a lot of restaurants in New Orleans get involved in charitable events. So they'll do so they'll they'll lend their time or the facilities or talents to an event and raise money for some kind of big project. But what you're talking about is a little different. You're talking about, as I understand it, something that's sort of an ongoing lifestyle of uh, of change and of city building and all that. And uh, that's really exciting. I would think that that would even benefit y'all's business. Like you say, it's more sustainable. I mean, I, I want to pick your brain a little bit more about that and see what you think. Uh, to me, it's like. Um, you know, you have conflict, inevitable conflict with employees or suppliers or whoever. It's going to change the tone of, of the, of the uh, conversation, make it less adversarial maybe when, uh, when you're known to be uh, a business that's about more than just yourselves and more than just profit, you know. Yeah. Um, it's about serving. It seems like that changes the whole conversation when you're trying to resolve conflict. Do you think that's right or no? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think people functioning in society with others' good in mind um, will absolutely change the way a conversation looks inside a business. Um, I think that uh, business is only a reflection of one's personhood and um, if someone's found to be sour in business, it's just because uh, somewhere in life they became sour as an individual. Um, and so, again, I'll use the word holistic. Um, our approach really is to find ways to uh, create a space to work, mm-hmm. uh, a space to connect um, for our family and eventually for, th- for third parties, for nations, to really hope in some ways to not be the model, but to model something that makes sense in that uh, if my wife and I live a certain way in our personal lives, then, then why in the world would our business be any different? Yeah. Um, and so if our business looks like that, then my lifestyle better line up with that. And people are attracted to thinking and being like that. They just don't think it's uh, quote unquote legal in the business world, if you will, to do that. And so there has to be this strong hand and this you know, straight face and, you know, well, this is business and I kind of got to let you know is you're my vendor and if you don't. And so it gets a little bit cutthroat. And I'm not saying that all of that stuff needs to be pushed aside in terms of making sure that it is a win-win. As I said earlier, it does have to be a win-win. I think there are ways in which uh, if my perception of you is human rather than vendor, then I find ways to continue this relationship to be sustainable, to be long term um, without being angry, without finding how can I lowball you even more? How can I make more money off of you? What can I do to give myself the advantage? Uh, what angle can I bring and what pitch can I can I have toward you? So I, I do think th- for us, the reason it will be successful if it's successful um, is because it's what it's who people are. Um, people want to be that way. People want to connect with humans. Yeah. And I well, think well, you've probably met people, you know, people in your family who are, are friends or circles, acquaintances who are one way in their personal <laughs> life. And that can, can be very kind people and generous people. And you look at the way their business is run and it's very cutthroat and very rough. And, you know, some of the, and people people don't even see a problem with that disconnect. Like they'll almost brag about it. I, mean, I, I know people that have, you know, that would that would that will talk about things that they do in their business practices that aren't illegal. They're just the way everybody does it, but it's rough. And you think if you, if you treated your neighbor that way, if you treated me that way, I wouldn't be your friend, you know, but it's just sort of like the air we breathe. We all just sort of do that. I think it's really interesting that you're trying to find a way to integrate who you are as a person in the way that your business operates and, and not just do it that way because everybody else does it that way or whatever. And I think that can really, it can be an example for other people. Don't you think to emulate it? And, um, I mean, Guess what? New Orleans has never been a great business city, right? <laughs> right? New Orleans has invented all these things, never capitalized on them. You know, uh, Chicago got rich off of jazz. Ask your average jazz musician how, how well off they are, you know? You know, I mean? you know things like that. And, and uh, yet it's what, what its strength has been. It's been the personalities of people. It's a city of great personalities. 
And so what you're talking about seems to be like a way forward in business, too. That could be really fruitful, I think, for a place like New Orleans, where you have people that have these really great, and actually generous personalities. City, sure. Great generosity. We saw that after Katrina. It was unbelievable. I yeah, mean, and I think the city is prime. Uh, yeah. For for has been recent for in the last several recent years. All right, that's going to be my next prediction. Yeah. Okay, the yeah. donut revolution's over. The next one's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we're going to call this the Aaron Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> but are you familiar? Like Tulane University has. There's been a big movement and change in their business program. Okay. I don't know if y'all are familiar with I'm that, not. but mm-hmm. they um, millions of dollars have been put into the business school. Uh, on the basis of it's all about socially conscious businesses. And, I mean, y'all, y'all are going more in-depth, and it's, but I, I think that it's a sign of a generation of uh, people that are conscious of the way things have been in the recent past, and they want to make a difference, yeah. and mm-hmm. that it is possible to have a business that resonates with your personal life and you can have a successful successful isn't just about money and so i i really i mean what y'all are doing is a great example and model for the city but it's also i believe part of a a a a movement that is not it's um it's happening in a lot of places and and um yeah the the a lot uh, Tulane's enrollment has right. been up since Katrina because they have the the students uh, give back to the city. But now this new program, right. I mean, hundreds of kids are graduating with a different philosophy, and it's yeah. it's Excellent. rooted here, but it's spreading out everywhere. Yeah. And so that's great. I, I feel like when I grew up, it was like you critique capitalism for its obvious failings and the answer was socialism or whatever right and it's like that's a false dichotomy and i feel like there's a there's a there's isn't there a way to what you're talking about is sort of a a generous capitalism it doesn't have to be rand you know it doesn't have to be this sort of cutthroat you know and it's better for the system if everybody's looking out for their own self-interest you know right so so tell me a little more like you know i haven't heard anything about this i've been to your place four times we got this food show i I feel like i'm involved in things in the city i've never heard a word about any of this so i know you're new but is there a way that you're getting your message out about it without being self-promoting although that wouldn't hurt i guess too right but i mean you know in in a way that uh you know just to share what you're doing because i think other other businesses could benefit from your what you're learning from this. And people uh, would want to support what right, you're doing sure. besides just great products, but to be a part of that Yeah, change. I think uh, I'm a big believer in the brand of trust. And so uh, in order and for... By the way, no one else is eating this donut. What yeah. happened? Dive <laughs> in. Is, is um, something wrong, Margo? Dive in, really, I'm no, worried I'm about you. No, I'm just stuffed. Y'all have been okay. talking. Right. I've been eating. Keep going. No, that's okay. Um, so that's, that's a good question. And we we intentionally have not wanted to um, be so forward with um, other things because people, they need to learn to believe you in your building. Right. I mean, that's just the truth. If they come and once... And not see it as a gimmick, too. You're not doing uh, correct. this Correct. Right. So if they come once and I'm friendly and they come twice and I'm not, guess what? It doesn't matter what I'm going to say six months from now and what I'm going to roll out and what my intentions are. Right. They're going to say, this dude just... Sometimes he's happy. Sometimes he's not happy. Um, you know, if, if, if the people who work with and around us, our family... If they come in and uh, see when Ashley, my wife, and my kids come in, and all of a sudden I light up and they leave and I become sour again, their their reputation in regards to me, they're going to tell their friends, this guy's not legit. Um, they're doing this, but really I'm telling you when he's at work, this is how it is. So, right. so you've got to build from the inside out, and um, we're only three months in, and so we want to we be... Uh, the best inside of our four walls right. and and if we're great inside of the four walls I, I, I'm a, just a big believer that things will expand things that are meant to expand that are meant to profit other people that are meant to be advantageous for people who interact outside of those four walls it will find a way and it will make it happen so our, our initial thing is let's be the best donut slider brew joint in the whole city 
Let's make people believe in it. Let's make people go five times and say, every single time I come here, the product is the same. It's just as clean. Their attitude is the same. The happiness factor is there. Let's do that. And then eventually we're going to roll a streetcar on wheels out and as our food truck and and they're going to say oh that's that place and they'll identify us and and then when those conversations the dialogue begins to happen this dialogue begins to happen um, without us having to promote that um, then it, if it's invited we'll of course take so that it's opportunity organic it yeah. sounds like a i mean you're going to work you're working hard to create that environment in your establishment that's correct. and then people will be like how you met um your baker yeah. and it will occur organically and evolve. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's great. That's exciting. Yeah. Unfortunately, we are at the end of are our Are we really? T- yes. I was thinking 20 minutes in. Are you kidding me? <sighs> I that know. flew by. Can we wow. have y'all um, each say how we can find out more about the things that are going yes. on? Some, you know, this... Yeah. Um, some of your yeah, um, sure. projects, Ben, Absolutely. and, and uh, websites or, yeah. you know, any uh, information. Just to let you guys you know, Aaron. Ray is eating every single last bit <laughs> yeah. of every donut right now. I've had three and um, a half of the four donuts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and be the prophet. I predict that he is going to gain three pounds by the end of this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, happened, yeah. yeah, it's factual. <laughs> I just, his button hit me in my eye just now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for, for things in the St. Rock neighborhood, um, our website, uh, strockcdc.org, and rock is R-O-C-H, not R-O-C-K. Um, that's a great place for the Plessy School, plessyschool.org. It's another great place. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, all those good social media places also. But, yeah, where you can always stop by, 1738 St. Rock Avenue. We're starting a thrift store. Eventually, we're not sure the location, but you could always drop clothing and stuff off at 1738 St. Rock Avenue be a great way to wonderful connect with us will y'all take books too absolutely okay children's yeah. books absolutely absolutely yes please it's <laughs> great um donutsandsliders.com would be our website at district donuts uh, you can find us on twitter uh instagram and then of course facebook we have a uh, district donut sliders brew and then uh 2209 magazine uh, it's on the corner of magazine and jackson just next to stein's deli and uh it's pretty much where you can find and us. And will you tell everyone your hours, sure. too? Uh, seven days a week, uh, Sunday through Thursday, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Uh, Friday and Saturday, 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. Serving um, draft chocolate milk all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so Thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a delight. Thank you for having us. Once again, Monday nights is the high night at Thrive. High night is hospitality industry night, and any uh, hospitality workers will get a 50% discount. They come by to hear us recording our show on Monday nights at 7.30 to 9 o'clock at Grill on the Hill right next to Monkey Hill Bar, uh, right near Henry Clay on Magazine in Uptown New Orleans. Good night. Good night. Good night. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.